because we are living in a chemical world and I'm a chemical nondescript person. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical girl or boy. We are living in a chemical world and I am a chemical. Good afternoon and welcome to Chemical World. I am Kenna Crampton, joined in studio with the infamous Muggsy Fay. That's me, founder and director of High Rockies Harm Reduction and just all about person in town. <laughs> happy January, happy 2024, Kenna. Yeah, happy new year. What a what a great start this spring <laughs> new year we're having. <laughs> I love your optimism because if I don't see some snow soon, I might lose it. <laughs> yeah. I do think that there's some coming, but yeah, it's uh I know it feels like spring outside. Well, happy Monday, happy January, happy 2024. Let's all get out there tonight and do do a snow dance. Yeah. Um so that we can have some beautiful precipitation later in the week but excited to be in the studio with you as always and yeah. Uh, yeah we have some really exciting news heading into 2024 at high rockies harm reduction starting off on a, on a good foot so excited to have a lot to share with you this afternoon <laughs> awesome well that's really great and yeah i hope everyone is um yeah not getting too down with the long nights and short days and Keeping it up. So let's just hear about what's going on. <laughs> well, I just saw something cool the other day that was talking about the perihelion, which I believe was over this weekend of June 6th, as it were, whatever, a couple days ago, as listeners are hearing this. Um, the perihelion, I think it is called, is like when the sun is the closest to Earth and it happens in oh. January. So that's interesting that we have the shortest amount of sun right now, but it is very close. So hmm. only five to 10 minutes out there with our, you know, six to 12,000 feet elevation, depending on where you're listening. You just need a quick dose of vitamin D. Just pop out there. We're real close to the sun right now. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's why it's so warm out. I guess, yeah. I, we can just make excuses for that. But, yeah, of course, you know, this is a dark time of year, um, literally and figuratively for many. And before I get into the exciting news that I want to share in upcoming events and whatnot from High Rockies Harm Reduction, I also saw an article last week that was really interesting out of the Denver Post, and it was about a documentary that was recently created really exposing the extreme mental health disparities in rural resort towns in the Rockies. Hmm. So this article goes on to describe the Rocky Mountains as the suicide belt of America huh. is apparently what some mental health experts and researchers have coined it because in 2021 of the top six states in the U.S. with the highest suicide rates, Colorado, New Mexico, Montana, and Wyoming were all in that ranking, which is very interesting, but also very validating to the experience that I think you and I have been trying to articulate and bring attention to that in resort regions, as the article says, there's this party culture that has a trickle-down effect to the service industry employees, which is most people. (laughs) We're all... I actually realized it's like everything any of us do is just so the rich can ski, like from <laughs> farmers to teachers to, yeah. you know, radio managers. Like the, we're all really just here so that rich people can recreate is yeah. uh, interesting thing I've discovered. 
And to have Wyoming and Montana, so those were the top two states in the U.S. with the highest suicide rates in 2021, and they're the least populated states in yeah. the country. So that's some pretty startling data. Um, not trying to start off the new year on a downer, but I I really appreciated reading that. I really appreciated the validation of this experience because people often don't see that when they see Aspen or Vail or Breckenridge uh-huh. or Whistler, Canada or Rock Springs, Wyoming or whatever the case may be or Taos, New Mexico. Yeah, People pop in and out, have a great time, and they don't see how deeply affected communities are by yeah. the recreation scene. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, just the um, uh, the reliance on the weather being, well, you know, I mean, mm. it's like, oh, hopefully it snows for the mountains. I mean, I want it to snow so we can have a good summer. All Everything I do is for the cows. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. <I'm kidding. laughs> no, but we, no. Nah. I mean, it's that, that I, I definitely feel that. And even as, as a restaurant worker, it's like, oh, man, sometimes you just feel it so much, the effect that those mountains have on us and the the people that show up you know and and the, i think a big part of that is even just the like seeing that lifestyle and like seeing the rich you know from afar like oh we can get there we can get there if we just work hard enough which you know you're never going to get there probably statistically statistically speaking <laughs> working in a restaurant you're never going to get <laughs> statistically but, speaking most of us yeah and not don't to be like, like that. And, and not to I don't know. I'm definitely not trying to put anybody down by any means because I'm happy being poor. <laughs> and I shouldn't say poor. William always gets mad at me for saying that. But, you know, being on the lower end of the earning scale, as you would say, especially compared to somewhere like Aspen. But now, I mean, even Carbondale, the the rates for houses are like million dollars. So I don't know. It's just it's a it's a weird it's a it's hard to see from afar. I don't necessarily care so much about having money, but it's hard not to be um, tempted by that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, and just thrown thrown askew and shifting priorities too. We were talking earlier about you know our priorities for our our families and our kids, and this is also statistically shown in our generations that we're more concerned about. um, metaphysical gain, I guess, than, than monetary gain, right? We're mm-hmm. concerned about uh, emotional and spiritual growth and connection more than we're concerned about monetary gain, um, which is a beautiful thing, but difficult when it's in contrast to what's being pushed at us, right? Yeah, definitely. And definitely what's being told to you will make you happy. And when you're feeling like you're unsuccessful because you're not making, you know, six figures or whatever, it can make you feel really crappy. Yeah. And I do think there is, you know, a certain, I think they say like upwards of $600,000 a year and you're not any happier. But, you know, if I could like Mm -hmm. fix my teeth, I would definitely be happier. Or if I could go to the doctor whenever I needed to. And that's, we were also talking about pain and how Mm -hmm. I don't, a lot of people um, will put off, put off, put off pain and how much of that is really around the you know, societal understanding of what it's like to seek care for pain. Yeah, what it's like to seek care for pain, what they're going to do, they're pretty much going to give prescribe you an opioid, probably if you go to a Western medicine doctor. And then 
also, they may not take it seriously, especially if you're a woman, and especially if you're a woman of color, you're not going to be taken seriously. Um, and, uh, and then also, on top of it, access to health care, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is the main thing, you know? I mean, it's like if you're... And if you're in that really awesome place where you are you you make too much money to be on Medicare, but not enough money to be able to afford health insurance. I mean, health insurance can be eight hundred dollars a month. That's I was gonna say that's rent, but that is not rent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this conversation this is, is going, about to make yeah. me cry. So <laughs> I'm gonna move on. Um, I can't talk about health insurance anymore this week, but it's. Only Monday, again, in yeah. your world, <laughs> listeners. Um, I am still on the end of a long Saturday back here pre-recording. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go. Wait. No, not a, don't apologize. It's a wonderful conversation. I'm sorry, but I will deflect to go back. I just appreciate the altruism and a lot of the responses I get about the snow, that people are like, oh, we need snow so we don't have forest fires and so mm-hmm. we don't have drought and so the cows are happy. And I'm over here very selfishly like, but I want to make a snow angel. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just improve my mood and, like, having yeah. to deal with so much darkness if we had some beautiful glittery stuff. Totally, to, yeah. To each their own. And every season is different, so hopefully we'll we'll still get some. But um, moving away from some of the kind of, um, you know, I'm not, they're, they're sad, but these are real topics, real mm-hmm. things going on, and glad that we can shed light on these issues. High Rockies Harm Reduction, of course, is my wonderful company that does a lot to combat these issues and mitigate the negative consequences of drug use, whether it's recreational or medicational. Oh, I like that word <laughs> that I just made up. Um, so we provide a lot of things to remind our listeners at High Rockies Harm Reduction. We have free Narcan, fentanyl test strips, xylazine test strips, syringe disposal, sterile use equipment for injecting, snorting, and or smoking your drugs, as well as hygiene and first aid supplies, support, and education. We provide peer support and so much more, all for free. We had been doing these services out of in-kind support with community partners at various locations, such as Third Street Center, churches and community centers, and medical offices across the region. But we took some time to develop a new strategy in providing these services, and we are very, very excited to start 2024 with a mobile office Yay! that we will soon be bringing to you, the people. Oh, man, it's just so exciting because um, as a founding board member of High Rockies Arm Reduction, I feel very uh, proper saying that, um, I just know that this has been a vision since the beginning. So to see it to come to fruition, what is it, three years later? It's just like, man, it's so exciting. Is This is pretty much on track, maybe a little bit farther than we expected, but... It's on track. We're on track. That's We're on track. That's, ah, yay. That's so great to hear. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Kenna. I could not have done any of this work without my amazing board members, including Kenna and our founding board members, to our board members today, as well as the collaborations from local public health departments, law enforcement, medical providers, just community stakeholders and family members. Mm-hmm. This has been, yeah, a long time coming. For me, uh, I like to do things very fast. So three <laughs> yeah, I know years. It. 
years. I know it was really hard for you. I remember that phrase where you're like, can we get a fan yet? So I took so. some time to slow down in 2022. I, I did. I think I put the cart before the horse and how I created this organization because I just wanted to make it happen. I'm a grassroots yeah. person, community health worker, not so much an admin person. <laughs> so I've been lucky to have a lot of support around that, um, you know, really to learning how to delegate and um, we're not doing a biopic on me and how I founded my business, but I just could not have done this alone. And so we also have another full-time employee that's been instrumental to acquiring the van. We got the van physically into our possession on the solstice. Um, awesome. And now, yeah, we're entering our fourth year of incorporation as a nonprofit with a van and with two full-time employees. Wow. A lot of contracts with the state and uh, regional public health departments to provide these services. So super, super excited to have the van. And it's really cute. Uh, invite everyone to stop by at any of our locations that will be kicking off in February. So we'll be visiting as many communities as possible in our initial five to six county region once a month, February to July of 2024. And of course, we hope to add more locations. We're going to be doing surveys with the community, uh, making sure that the places we're utilizing work for everyone, but really like holding firm to a six month schedule and not changing that. As we learn more about the communities and this work, because this is, while well, I've been doing it for a long time, pretty new um, mm -hmm. yeah. for our communities and for a lot of rural communities across the nation. These are evidence-based programs. This is really the wave of the future is bringing it to mobile services so we can bring our office to you as much as possible. Um, but, you know, this is a learning experiment for all of our communities as what's going to work best, because what works in Carbondale may not work in Aspen or Glenwood or Leadville or Breckenridge. And what works in Denver certainly isn't going to make a huge impact on what works here, right? Mm -hmm. So while we've seen a lot of success with these programs in urban areas, it's exciting to roll it out in this capacity for yeah. rural communities. Yeah, awesome. Because like we were saying, you can't get around rural communities without a vehicle. Exactly. We do have a pretty, like, Rafta is pretty up there, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. But... um for what you want to do. We don't want to be doing that all right after. Yeah, no, for sure. But, you know, we're just trying to work with, like, still being in community spaces along bus lines. So, yeah. of course, uh, at High Rockies Harm Reduction, we do a variety of work. But these direct services that we're going to be bringing out to you all, you know, lovely community members. Um, again, this will be starting in February. So we don't have our full schedule completely confirmed. But encourage folks to visit HighRockiesHarmReduction.com to learn more about our services, to see our full service schedule, as well as our order form for supplies. But I can tell you right now that we will for sure be serving Basalt and Carbondale every second Friday and Leadville every fourth Saturday starting in February. So very excited about that. We'll be at Mid-Valley Family Practice in Basalt every second Friday from noon to 2 p.m., We'll be in the parking lot of 3rd Street Center in Carbondale every second Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Find us in our cool pop-up minivan with pretty stickers on the outside. <laughs> and then we'll be at the Leadville Library from 12 to 6 every fourth Saturday. So we'll be adding more locations throughout the Roaring Fork and Eagle Vale Valleys, as well as we'll be going to Silverthorne and Breckenridge. So stay tuned. Visit our website. Follow us on Instagram to learn more. But we've got our Carbondale, Basalt, and Leadville locations confirmed. That's really exciting. Cool. 
Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I also just want to remind folks, uh, if you're looking for free Narcan, you can get it from us. You can also get it from Garfield County Public Health Offices in Glenwood and Rifle. We do a lot of work at High Rockies Home Reduction, including our direct services, giving out stuff, working with people. Um, But if you or your organization are interested in free Narcan and or Narcan training, please reach out to me at Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, at HighRockiesHarmReduction.com. We are very excited to provide this education in schools, in judicial districts, in restaurants all across Colorado, and we want to bring this training more and more to our service industry folks, to our schools, to our young people and our concert goers, especially as fentanyl is becoming one of the leading causes of death for Americans ages 15 to 45. Narcan can reverse these overdoses, and we have test strips that can help prevent, as well as other strategies. So just want to remind all that we're more than happy to bring these supplies to your event, to your organization, more than happy to bring training to your staff and do everything we can to support our communities and avoid any unnecessary death in any of our small towns. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, we. this is uh, Katie and Kay. We're listening to Chemical World. I always forget to do that in the middle, and we're right here in the middle, so I thought I would do it. Perfect. Um, so... Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we are just talking about um, the services that High Rockies Harm Reduction uh, provides, and one of those being um, sterile uh, injection smoking and uh, snorting utensils. And I just kind of wanted to touch on that because I think that that's something that confuses people a little bit. So um, why is that important for people to have access to? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because I know I say it in kind of a weird clinical way (laughs) to most accurately describe what we're doing. Folks don't always know what that means, and they don't always know why we do it, right? So at High Rockies Harm Reduction, among many things, we are a syringe service program, meaning we provide sterile syringe disposal, which is a super important thing that there is very little access to in our rural communities. And this is relevant to folks who have diabetes, folks who are using hormone injection for any reason, which includes illicit steroid use for a variety of reasons, right? Um, as yeah, well, like IVF and things that people do regularly. So many <laughs> kinds of things. So many kinds of so many reasons people mm-hmm. would be injecting mm-hmm. for medical management. And then, of course, there is injection drug use that goes on. This is yeah. a component that I believe is really important because this is a huge part of preventing the spread of HIV and hepatitis in our communities. Syringe services have been shown to be an extremely effective element at reducing the spread of these diseases. We've seen that since their inception in San Francisco in the 1980s to them being legalized in Indiana in 2015 to mitigate an extreme HIV outbreak happening, which it did because Uh HIV and hepatitis C continue to be transmitted through not just sexual intercourse, but injection drug use. Mm-hmm. In Colorado, we've seen... Probably more common, right? Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Okay, never mind. We shouldn't... You're okay. We're not confirming or denying anything. So I was just going to say okay. that um, in Colorado, we have seen a rise in acute cases of hepatitis C, which is now a curable disease, and the cure has never been so easy to access and take physically. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier than it used to be to get that treatment and people can cure hepatitis C. So chronic cases are going down while older generation folks with hepatitis C are getting it cured. 
but acute cases, new cases are going up, especially among Coloradans ages 15 to 35, mm -hmm. my age, and I have seen in my peer group and as a community healthcare worker a spread locally of HIV and hepatitis C in the past 5, 10, 20 years. It's really scary the amounts, the numbers that we're seeing in small communities for these diseases. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say whether it is spread more commonly through injection drug use or intercourse, right? It's probably yeah. a little bit of both. But there's less knowledge around exposure that can occur in sharing drugs. Mm -hmm. Because most people know that if you're having sex with someone, regardless of what orifice you are entering, if you're having penetrative sex in a mouth, a vagina, whatever, mm -hmm. um, there's a risk for disease, right? Yeah. We're pretty aware of that as a culture, I would like to think. People who use drugs aren't often as aware that not only can you transmit drugs through the kind of obvious source of injecting into your veins, but you can also transmit, did I say transmit drugs or transmit disease? It doesn't matter. Transmitting disease uh -huh. not only happens through blood in the intravenous injection scene, but you can also transmit blood through your mouth or your nasal cavities. If you are smoking or snorting drugs, especially if you are chronically snorting or smoking drugs or regularly doing that, it's very likely that you could have tears or abscesses in mm -hmm. your sinus passages or in your mouth, right? So if you were to share, if we shared a pipe of any kind, glass, metal, whatever, and we both have open sores in our mouth, we could transmit hepatitis or HIV that way. Mm -hmm. If we're sharing a <clears throat> straw or a dollar bill or whatever to snort drugs, and we have tears in our nasal cavities, both of us, again, we're, we're that's a blood-borne connection. Plus, there's mu mucous membranes in our sinuses and mouths. So the injection equipment, honestly, people are probably more familiar with, like having heard of that before, that we give free needles and mm -hmm. we want you to bring your dirty needles back to us. Yeah. The way you it can dispose of them properly yeah, and safely. The, exactly. And you can bring me all the needles you want or you can bring me none. You'll always get as much of the supply that we have that you need, pretty much no questions asked, depending on like what we have available. Mm -hmm. But with snorting and smoking supplies, I actually think these are way more relevant to our Colorado communities, and they're not as well known what those look like or why they exist. Well, and I want to just say that it's important to have those because we don't want people injecting drugs. Exactly. If you're going to be doing drugs, it's way safer to be snorting and smoking. You're not going to overdose as quickly as when you're injecting Right. That's correct. Smoking does technically, if we're inhaling or smoking something, it will technically get to the brain faster. But it is true that injecting something in your bloodstream has a much higher <laughs> risk for overdose than smoking, snorting, or ingesting, like eating or drinking your mm -hmm. drugs. Because it, it's like um, you can have more control over the amount. Because it's like if you inject a, too much, then it's done, it's gone, it's, you know, but like when you're hitting something, smoking it, you can take one hit and be like, oh, okay, I'm good. Whereas like, you're not, I don't know. I, I just think like, it just happens so quickly. It's like, God, I was gonna say something actually a little, I don't know, whatever. I just think it's um it's important to encourage people to not necessarily be injecting drugs if we can keep them from get going there because like once you're injecting meth or or heroin or any kind of opioid, 
it's a lot harder to get clean. It's true. And people generally do follow kind of a traditional trajectory, especially with opioids, but really with any drug of wanting mm -hmm. a stronger and stronger high as they build tolerance, right? Yeah. So that's why we see people move from pills to heroin to now fentanyl, and also why you see people move from smoking to injecting, because injecting the drug, it's more bioavailable. You're going to get higher, faster, mm -hmm. stronger, right? So it is true. We really do want people to move away from injecting because the overdose risk is stronger and the complications and the wound care issues mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. injecting, especially as we start <clears> to see <throat> really gross stuff like xylazine entering the drug supply, you know, the wound care around injection is also very important. Whether you have access to a shower or not, opening a new wound in your body over and over again, a really important part about giving out sterile syringes too that not a lot of people appreciate is there's a beautiful picture somewhere of what a syringe looks like after the seventh time it's been used. So, you know, somebody is like, oh, I'm just injecting myself over and over again. It's safe to use the same mm -hmm. needle. But that's not true at all. It bevels. It curves. It yeah. is not a sharp point anymore after the first time you use it. And so not only are you opening up new wounds, there could be bacteria from yourself, from the environment on mm -hmm. that needle. And then you're creating like a much worse tear, a much worse wound every time that you're using the same needle. So we want people to use, if you are choosing to inject whatever substance, I'm a firm believer that people have the right to do whatever they want with their own bodies, that drugs are medicine in the appropriate supervision, context, and dosage, which unfortunately we don't always have. Yeah. But I really strongly encourage whether you're injecting, smoking, or snorting, you should be using a new clean instrument every single time you use. So the same is true with pipes. Of course, if you are using your own pipe over and over again. There isn't at risk for spreading disease, but we want people to, again, use their own pipe. We all know how fast those break, so you know we just give those out as well. Mm -hmm. Also, pipe covers. So in a perfect world, if you are sharing a pipe, you know, you can cover it and mitigate and everyone that spread a disease and everyone can have their own pipe cover. My favorite thing for our communities that we have are the safe snorting kits. And we have been giving these out like hotcakes. And all they are is like a few clean straws cut mm -hmm. up into the appropriate length and a little baggie. We have plastic razor blades in little plastic blank badge ID cards. Never destroy that old library card or unused gift card again. Never hand a police officer a dirty ID one more time. Come to High Rockies Harm Reduction and get your safe snorting supplies. Because also, there's great ways to reduce harm, right? Like using a high bill is better than a one, but you could also just use a brand new straw every time. Heck yeah. Well, thank you. And thanks for explaining that. And um, for more information, people, of course, can visit HighRockiesHarmReduction.com. Um, and if you have any problems with this, then go ahead and reach out to Maggie at um, HighRockiesHarmReduction.com. I'm here for it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to everyone. Thanks for listening. Of course, reach out to me. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and visit HierarchiesHarmReduction.com for more info. Cool. And you have been listening to Chemical World here on KDNK. Uh, to listen to past episodes, you can go to KDNK.org or wherever you listen to podcasts, actually. And uh, tune in next month, February 12th at 4.30 p.m. here on KDNK to listen live. And thank you so much. And remember, you don't have to be sober to keep your community clean.
drugs may come and drugs may go and that's all right you see experience has made me rich and now i can use safely it might be beer it might be dope it may even be caffeine but we all have a little something that keeps us on our feet what's important is being safe and stopping the spread of disease you do not have to be sober to keep your community clean. Cause we are